The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building Resilience. Talking trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Good evening, everyone, and good morning, everyone. It's Tony on Radio Tony this week, and I'd love to hear who's listening this week. Um, drop me a line in the chat box and let me know you're live and listening, and um, welcome to you all. I have in my little studio today the wonderful Dr. Annette Duffy, and I'm not going to introduce you just this yet i will introduce her shortly so for those of you who haven't listened before if you want to connect with me please jump onto my website tonylontis.com t-o-n-i-l-o-n-t-i-s.com you can find me on facebook and now radio tony has its own facebook page so you can jump on and like uh, radio tony on facebook i'm also on insta and twitter also linkedin if any of you are on the business website it's been another busy week for me and I've just returned from a wonderful trip to Melbourne. And I was down in Melbourne with a friend of mine, Donna Gray, who uh, runs women's retreats. She runs them here in Australia and also in Bali. And she asked me to come with her on a winter wonderland retreat down to the Macedon Ranges in Victoria uh, to speak to her lovely group of women. So there were about 15 of that uh, went down and the best part of the weekend was that it snowed so we stayed in a lovely little place called Dalesford it's wine and hot springs country and they haven't seen snow in about four years and it's been about 10 years since the snow actually settled on the ground so we had a wonderful experience seeing the snow and the owners of the place where we stayed were delighted that it snowed for us and i have seen snow a number of times now but these were the biggest fluffiest snowflakes i'd ever seen and I was lucky enough to share my bedroom um, with a girl called Vanessa and we had this amazing oval window looking out the end of our room where we could sit and watch the snow falling. And I have to say, I still find snow the most peaceful, mesmerising experience and watching it float down on the sky on the uh, Saturday and Sunday mornings was just wonderful. 
Um, and I've got some lovely photos on Facebook for those if you want to go and have a quick look on my own personal site, uh, webbook, uh, Facebook page, Tony Lontis. Um, so we got to wear wonderful warm clothes and lovely fluffy hats and big coats and walk around in the snow and take lots of photos. The weekend was topped off by a lovely long afternoon in the hot springs complex where we had uh, pools, uh, spas and steam rooms, uh, lovely organic tea, uh, green apples and it was just the best way to finish up a weekend, really good for the soul and the body. So I have some exciting news that um, in September I'm going to be launching Tony TV. Um, it will be live streaming on YouTube and as I know more details, I'll let you know. But it's with the same uh, Talk for Media platform and I'm pretty excited about launching in September. So over to world news. According to news.com, an autopsy carried out on convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein has deeply increased the mystery surrounding his death. The billionaire financier was facing up to 45 years in prison over federal sex trafficking and conspiracy charges. When his body was found in his cell at the Metropolitan Correctional Centre in Manhattan last Saturday. Two sources familiar with the findings have told the Washington Post. Autopsy found Epstein suffered multiple breaks in his neck bones. One of the broken bones was his hyoid bone, and this is the bone located near Adam, his Adam's apple in males. And while the break could occur when a person, especially an older man, hangs himself, there are more. It's more common in victims of homicide by strangulation, according to forensic experts. Hi, Oliver. Um, why do people do these sick things? Well, mate, I don't know why they do these sick things, but it often takes a really long time for them to be caught. And Epstein was a quite old man when they found him, so he wasn't going to last long in prison anyway, I'm thinking. So according to the National Association for Medical Examiners, um, who was not involved in Epstein's autopsy, but he did tell the Post that a broken hyaloid bone would raise questions that a pathologist would need to investigate more extensively. If, hypothetically, the hyaloid bone is broken, that would generally raise, raise questions about strangulation, but is not definitive. It does not exclude suicidal hanging. Epstein's death, has been described as an apparent suicide by Attorney General Peter Barr, whose department oversees the Bureau of Prisons uh, facility where Epstein was held. News.com reported yesterday that the Metropolitan Correction Centre prison guards had failed to check on the convicted sex offender for several hours, even though the prison protocol demanded inmates be checked every 30 minutes. According to a very explosive New York Times expose, two correctional officers on duty at the time of the powerful financier's alleged suicide had been sleeping on the job and later falsified records to cover up their fatal mistake. 
Now, a different source has told the Washington Post Epstein is also left alone in his cell without a fellow inmate, another breach of normal procedure, despite being on suicide watch from days earlier. They said a person who's been assigned to share a cell with Epstein was transferred on Friday and for reasons the investigators are still exploring, he did not receive a new cellmate. That left Epstein, who has previously been placed on suicide watch, alone and unmonitored, at least in the hours before his death, even by those officers assigned to guard him. So Evie wants to know, was he going to be put to death in prison anyway by the law? Well, yeah, Evie, it's my understanding that he was. Uh, However, for those multiple victims, it's uh, an easy way out for Epstein. So effectively, he's robbed them of their right to go to a fair trial. Uh, You're right, Evie, it does save the state and the government an awful lot of money that he's suicide, but it still doesn't give those victims a right to a fair trial and that they're the only ones that are robbed. So uh, I think that he, Epstein, chose the easy way out for him and he wasn't looking forward to facing a criminal trial and suicide is an easy way out. Either that or someone got to him before he could actually attempt suicide. I'm not sure that we will ever know what's happened in this case, um, but a truly evil man is now passed and that's probably not a bad thing. So over to news surrounding Australia um, where I hope that the victims find true peace as well, Willow. I know from personal experience, though, that sometimes the judicial system or the, the process of uh, going to court is the start of the healing process. However, I'm sure that the victims have um, lots of support surrounding them. At least I, I pray that they do. And knowing that he is dead, um, and can no longer harm anyone else would be a great relief to the victims of his crimes. So in Australia, uh, we are surrounded by rising world powers and an expert has warned us that we can't rely on America for protection. Many Australians are hoping that America will come to our aid in a standoff with a country like China but one expert believes that we could be left on our own. Um, In his book, How to Defend Australia, it describes a reality check about China's growing power and an acknowledgement of the challenges Australia faces as China seeks to take its place as a dominant player in the East Asian markets and area. The book written by Professor Hugh White a former senior official in the Department of Defence and a senior advisor to the former Defence Minister Kim Beasley and Prime Minister Bob Hawke, urges Australians to consider the risks emerging in the region and how to prepare for a very different future. There is still a deep reluctance amongst our political leaders on both sides of politics to acknowledge the seriousness of the situation. 
Professor White's book was released in July and provided a blunt assessment of the strategic risks Australia faces in the region and how it could build up the military to protect itself without relying on America. It hoped to spark a rethink of Australia's defence policy, recognising that things have changed and that America's dominance in the East Asia will likely diminish in the future and leave Australia to defend itself. But Professor White said many people seem to be clinging to the idea that Australia didn't have to choose between China and the US. Professor White said, a lot argue that we would be mad to abandon a US alliance, and I agree. But what if they abandoned us? The professor wanted to know. Either side of politics is taking China's challenge seriously. And even if they do, they are saying that we should cling more tightly to the US. Doctor, the professor's argument is that I didn't think that the US support is a durable solution. Um, and it was likely that the US would eventually withdraw from Asia, which is why he's sceptical of Mike Pompeo saying the US will push back. Mr Pompeo was in Australia earlier this month and confirmed that America's commitment to the region. Let it be clear, he said, the United States is a Pacific nation. We care deeply about what happens here and we're here to stay, he told reporters. I think that there is an unbroken relationship grounded in our shared values of democracy, rule of law and human rights. Despite the strong words, Professor White said the US was not doing anything to push back at the moment. He said that uh, Australia could stand up for itself in an Asia, in Asia um, that is not dominated by America. Professor White's book comes as warnings about China's ambitions become louder. And Australia's Parliamentary Intelligent Committee is warning Australia need to be clear-eyed about its position in the world and if challenges were not understood, choices will be made for us and not by us. So the threats to Australia are not easy to understand. So we are vulnerable not just from China but also from the other big economies uh, such as Japan and perhaps the growing economy of Indonesia. So that's all in the world news for me at the moment. I'm going to throw to a black break, and after we return, I have the, the amazing Annette Duffy here with me to talk about her life and her book, and it'll be a great interview. Over to you, Rebel. Thanks. Radio Tony, bringing social consciousness this time every Thursday evening. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia, on W4WN. Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty, is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis. Available in paper, ebook, and audiobook formats, Resilience is the true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues, and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Exposing moral issues you may have dealt with too. Read how hope and happiness triumph in her life. Available at Amazon.com and all good online retailers. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. 
Welcome back, lovely listeners. I've got a wonderful woman in my studio this morning. And before I introduce you to her, let me just tell you a little about about Dr. Annette Duffy. She received a Doctorate of Philosophy in Indigenous Spiritual Leadership in 2010. She was published nationally and internationally, receiving an international award for inspirational leadership. Her educational career spans 35 years as a teacher, principal and supervisor of schools. Annette has been a guest speaker in several forums across Australia and she's in Indigenous education. Annette migrated to Australia from Scotland with her husband and four children in 1988 in the wave of Australia's bicentennial celebrations. Annette lives in the Queensland rainforest forest, not far from here and is blessed to have her immediate and extended family nearby. In her memoir, In Heaven on Earth, it's a love story played out in the afterlife and the earth life, following one lover's death, transgressing into the realms. This memoir recognised the profound grief suffered by souls when parted by death, whilst offering hope, love and solace for those aggrieved. In Heaven on Earth is part of a wave of literature channeled from the higher self, disincarnate loved ones, the divine or source experienced and recorded in popular memoirs and complemented by a body of research in quantum consciousness and integral life studies. Dr. Duffy does not work to validate the afterlife. Rather, she tells a story, grief-stricken at the shock she personally experiences, followed by profound acceleration at her dead husband's communication from the afterlife. This raw and honest story explores the big questions, asking how human spirits may contribute to the awakening of their soul and the collective consciousness whilst on Earth's learning journey. So listeners, I'd love to introduce you to Dr. Annette Duffy. Welcome to my studio, Annette. Thanks, Tony. I'm so pleased to be here. I'm so excited to have Annette with me. It's a, it's a rare experience that I actually have someone in my studio with me. And listeners, you'll notice that Annette has that glorious Scottish accent. And she's actually just returned to Australia from a big trip overseas. Annette, I'm wondering if you could tell our listeners where you've been and what you've been up to in recent times. Uh, yes, Tony. Uh, I have just returned after two months I was in the UK and in Scotland, in Ireland. My mother still lives in Ireland. She's retired on the West Coast in County Clare. I visited my family and my husband's family in uh, Glasgow um, and and friends and family in Edinburgh. And I did a road trip with three friends of mine. We went up north in Scotland and as often as the case, um, some of the, the, the terrain up there, the Scottish Highlands, that Celtic connection, I hadn't actually been on that road trip before and going with three girlfriends from my childhood was fantastic. So, And then I visited some friends in the south of France and then in Cyprus yeah. and came home uh, via Cyprus. 
Yeah, yeah. So for our listeners, uh, any of you who haven't visited Northern Scotland, it's a magnificent country. It oozes life and legends and spirits and I know that when we visited last year, we also did the trip up north from Edinburgh and Edinburgh also, for me, was an incredibly beautiful city, again, filled with enormous amounts of history and you almost feel the ghosts of the past wandering around. So, um, and it, the places that you visited in the north of Scotland? I, I went to the, the east coast, Flockton, Inverness, Inverness. Uh, Inverness. I have been to Iona before a couple of times, which yeah. is a very special place. It's sacred ground. Yes. Um, I was in Edinburgh too. Yes. I love the city of Edinburgh. I stayed in Edinburgh yeah. for a few nights and had a great time there. I also went to um, the castle. Um, um, oh, I've forgotten the name because... Um, ne- Inverness? No, no. Ellen... No, um, uh, Ellen Dolan Castle. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I couldn't yes. remember it then. There's so many listeners. There are so many castles in Scotland <laughs> that it. I can't remember them all, and we visited a stack of them. They, they are scattered throughout the country. There's uh, ruins of castles. There's abbeys, and just um, an amazing space. Just a bit of trivia about Edinburgh, though. Um, I'm wondering if you realise that J.K. R. Rowling penned Harry Potter in Edinburgh and I have to say that it's almost like the spirit of Harry Potter can be seen and heard throughout Edinburgh but sorry back to you Annette the um the castles are, are really beautiful aren't they it, well particularly I had never been to Ellen Dome Castle before and that's where they filmed a good few movies yes you yes. know they had a couple of James Bond movies and a couple with um Sean Connery and a couple of other thrillers Yes. Filmed there. Yes. It's spectacular. It is spectacular country. Look out, guys. It's um so just for Zara, um Annette's uh accent is Scottish, although she's been in Australia for thirty years. Thirty years. So uh that beautiful Scottish accent, I'm glad it hasn't dulled over time because it's like for me it's like uh, music to hear. It's a beautiful accent. Tony, they say that um the cusp for losing your accent is 12 years old. Really? Yes. So I was 30 when I emigrated. Oh, okay. And the accent was well and truly. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Entrenched, if you like. Yeah. But it's interesting because our oldest, um, it was 12 years old when we emigrated. Yes. And uh, the boys were younger, the three yes. boys were younger. But she kept her Scottish accent. Oh, And really? the boys have the Australian accent. Isn't that fascinating? Well, they're grown-up men now. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but they have the, um, the, but they speak to me in Scottish with a Scottish oh. accent. It's as if they think I won't understand them, <laughs> and they have to give me a bit of kind of leeway with that. That's <laughs> that's fascinating. Um, so I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners about the decisions that led you to Australia and your journey to get here with four children and your husband. Um, I think. I think we came for an adventure. Yes. We were quite settled in Scotland and we yeah. had our, you know, I was teaching and my husband was working. He had a business there and yeah. um, and some people working with him. And we'd always dreamed of coming to Australia or yes. Canada. Yes, yes. 
and um, basically we got to that stage in our life in our early, you know early thirties where we had to make a decision: yes. where are we going to let the dream go? Yes. Or were we going to have a go? Yes. Yes. So we had a go. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we really understood had any concept of the enormity oh, of coming to. We were the huge. first to come. Yeah. With four children. Yes. Um, and three under four. Yes. And anyway, did did I regret it? There's things I gained and there's things I lost. Yes. But um, in terms of an extended family there. Yeah. But my family all followed us to Australia. And we oh. now have 35 of us here, <laughs> intergenerational. Fan- so fantastic. we started a bit of a trend. Yes, yes. Uh, but I could have roots in 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 Scotland just the same now as I can in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your so, heart is where your home is. Yeah. So, so what was it about Australia that drew you to the country? Um. I'll try. I'll try and I'll try and answer you that yeah, because yeah. it's a difficult one. Because I think there were two, there was a push and a pull. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, we were living in Scotland at the time of Thatcherite Britain. Yes, yes. And it was it was um, it was a cold time in the history of okay. of the UK. Yes, yeah. I believe it's my politics. Yes. Um, and I I didn't like the way that 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 UK was going so. The yes. diaspora of the Irish, the diaspora of the Scottish people. Yes, the yes. migration story is to go to something that you believe is better. Okay, yeah. And it's not that I don't love Scotland. And of course, but there was a sort of, there was a drive as well. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't a negative thing. It wasn't just about leaving the homeland. Yeah. Yeah. It was about having a go in a different homeland and yes. a different way of life. Yeah, yeah. And we were looking not just for the sun, but for the lifestyle that Australia was offering yes. um, to migrants, where you could have a, a different, more outdoor life. Okay. And the opportunities that that would bring. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it was also an, a, an opportunity to redefine yourself as a yes. family. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but there it, was some kind of adventurous spirit in it. It, it actually makes a lot of sense to me because my brother left Australia for Canada 27 years ago yes. and his whole life and his four children were born in Canada and they've had a very different life and it's been it's brought them very close together so he's incredibly connected to his four children because yes. they were in Canada away from all their family and, and friends and I it's understand. been very good for them so I completely understand that so when you got to Australia what did you do how did you support yourself well my husband had a job to come to he had um, contacted people in Melbourne we actually came to Melbourne Victoria first of all and in saying that listeners um, Melbourne would possibly be closer to the climate of Scotland versus many other places across Australia. So, for instance, Queensland is hot and humid and tropical, whereas um, the wonderful changes in season and, and it's cold and you can get snow and it can get drizzly and wet, so a bit more like Scotland. So I understand the pull to Melbourne. So your husband had a job to come to. Yes, and I managed to get a job teaching basically as soon as I arrived. Fantastic. So, um, and put the children into school. But yes. Hey there. But um, 
in many respects, it was as big a move moving from Melbourne up to here because it's two, for our listeners, it's 2,000 kilometres away. It's a two-hour plane journey. It's like in Scotland going to Europe. Yes, and, and that's a huge thing for people that emigrate to Australia. It is a massive country, and particularly for those emigrating from the United Kingdom, which is quite a tiny country compared to Australia. It's a The distance is very hard to get used to, isn't it? To, to go anywhere in Australia, for, for instance, from one side of the east coast to the west coast is, an, is a seven-hour uh, plane journey. Uh, even as we stand from one from the east coast to the west coast, so we are a massive country, and it, that's a big thing for when you come from the UK and Europe, where you just jump on a two-hour flight and you're in a different country in a different land. And yeah, I I have to admire your strength and your husband Brian's strength in bringing four children across that huge. So. It's 24 to 30 hours at a minimum to get a plane flight journey to get from the UK to Australia. It's a massive thing to move a family of six from there. So that's just amazing that you would have the courage to do that, Annette. And so your husband had work and you had work and you commenced on living a life in Australia with the children and um, you had a wonderful life, I understand, and you have this amazing career in education and teaching. Do you want to tell our listeners about that career? Well, I, I had taught in Scotland. I taught English uh, literature in Scotland and, and in primary levels as well as secondary levels. When I came to Australia, I taught only for a short time, Tony, and oh, okay. our listeners, because yep. very soon I ended up in a, a, I got opportunities here. Yes. Um, very, very quickly, rather, I got um, a job as a, an assistant principal yes. in a school. And then when I came to Queensland, I'm talking about, yeah. I taught in Melbourne as well for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and then I became a school principal a few years after that. Yes. So I was a school principal for about 12 years. Yes. I moved back into the primary setting. Yeah. Because I think I think because I, I enjoyed the fact that I yes. was passionate about the fact that I actually was working with families as a primary uh, yes. school principal. Yes. You were working with the students and the teachers and uh, working very um, closely with them. But you also were working with the whole family Okay. Often of yes. the students, yes, and uh, I enjoyed that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, it was a real community-based thing. Yeah, so I was principal of two schools okay. for about twelve years, thirteen years. That's a busy role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I know that um, part of your work led you to work closely with um, our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander groups, and you sub subsequently went on to get your PhD or doctorate in Indigenous spiritual leadership. I'd love for you to tell the listeners about that work with in Indigenous people. Um, I worked on a number of projects which were practical projects yes. when I worked in schools, um, particularly when I was a principal, and I worked with the local community, um, and, and in this case it was Aboriginal people. Yes. Um, uh, at my two during my two principalships. Yes. And we tried to work in this, uh, a collaborative be um, venture for our um, for our listeners in Australia and, and in the UK. Um, there's an initiative which is currently going on, which would not be unlike the initiatives we've had in the USA and Canada, 
in New Zealand mm-hmm. where there's an attempt to close the gap in, yes. in education and um, in, in employment and um, in health and, and so on for the native, the original peoples, you know, of, of the land. And in Australia, that would be the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Uh, it has been very, there's been a lot of money, a lot of goodwill, a mammoth amount of money. Yes. But so far, that gap has not closed. And in some respects, yep. it's widened. I'm talking about incarceration rates of young people. I'm talking about, you know, the life expectancy of a male health. Aboriginal uh, in Australia is 58 years of age. 58 years old, people. That is so young. And it's just incredibly sad that our uh, Indigenous men are suffering in this way. Yeah. So... So there's many more of those. There's a plethora, um, a deep, deep wound in Australia, I believe. There is, yes. Um, and sometimes our history has been our recent history, which of course is only 200 years. Yeah. But our recent history has been that um, we've, we've tried to bridge that gap by putting money there, as yes. I said, with goodwill. And it's not worked in the way that we would have liked it to work. Because we never got the fact that we weren't actually asking our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander what they needed, what they wanted, what they needed. We were trying to impose um, our culture again and again um, on 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 their culture yes. instead of learning. There's great things about Westernised culture, and there are great things about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture. For example, their leadership models. So, I was working in a practical sense with other yes. leaders. Um, Aboriginal leaders, I was learning from them. Yeah. In many respects, it was sitting, and, and I don't exaggerate, yes. at, the, at the feet, at the foot or the feet of gurus. Yes. Because they get that thing about how we, we need to have shared leadership. Yes. It's not the big hero, the, the, you yes. know, um, that we need um, the giant of a man or a woman, but mainly it was the yes. man, the model that we had in westernised culture. Yes. So... With working with them helped me realise or helped me begin to realise that other styles of leadership yes. were much more fruitful yeah. and they actually can cause healing or bring about healing Yeah. because at the end of the day we're all connected in spirit. Yeah. We yeah. may have a different culture Yes. which runs deep. Your cultural, you see, you, you see the world through your cultural eyes, yes. you see them through historical eyes, you yes. see them through your, your life's learning journey but when you can actually get close to people by letting, exposing your vulnerability and learning from each other. Yes, yes. Trying not to work from the ego. Yes. I mean, the ego, we need our ego on this land, but on this earth, but trying not to work so much from that. Yes. But to work from a place of love or yes. work from the heart. Yes. Then you can actually make the bridge a bit like that. Yes. And I think that's what we've not realised here. Yeah, yeah, We yeah. need to actually tell our black history. Yes, we do. And, and in all its, our schools, in all its, and its all pluses, its and definitely its minuses. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I guess in in the US there are similar um, hardship for your uh, Indian people, um, and, but for Australians, the Aboriginal history is particularly horrid. They were massacred. They were incarcerated. They were ripped from their families. There is an incredible wound left 
from the treatment of Australia's Indigenous people. And as Annette alluded to, the gap is not closing. And despite the fact that government after government after government has pumped money into trying to fix that, it's still not being fixed. It's still not there's there's still a wound for the Aboriginal people. So um, can you tell us some of the things you learned about Aboriginal spiritual leadership? Um, I think the listeners would find it fascinating, uh, that side of it. Um, I, I, some of the things I have learned in, in this journey working with uh, Aboriginal colleagues and Torres Strait Islanders is that um, the the in westernised styles of leadership, we often have, um, you know, we, we would talk about now emotional intelligence being very important in leadership. Yes. And Aboriginal peoples would say the same thing. The, yes. worse, the more refined, or the better able you are, and not just in the intellectual domain, but of course in the emotional intelligence domain. Yes. The better you connect to people, the, be- the better you're able to lead with people. Yes. But yes. it's not lead people, it's lead with people. It is laid with people. And, and that is very much the style or the manner or the essence of Aboriginal spiritual um, leadership. Wow. They, they would have another layer on it. We are very capable of doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, we're all human beings connected yes. at heart um, and soul. Yes. Um, but they have, they've never lost that. Yes. Through their uh, 60,000 years yes. of generations. They're an ancient, ancient, beautiful people. They would they would have the circle of learning. Yes. So they would be working with each other and yes. recognizing that you, Tony, would have particular skills in one capability. Some um, skills in another area. It's not just the one person at the top yes. of of the hierarchical structure yes. who is the leader. There are several people who are able to do that. Yeah. And they 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 get all the honor um. They honour, like a lot of cultures do, um, they honour um, wisdom that comes with age. Yes. Um, yes. So they pay reverence to, to um, the, elders. the elders in the community. Um, and that's very much a part of their leadership style as well yeah. and manner. Um, and at the end of the day, they, they have a religion. Well, I wouldn't yes. call it a religion. It's their spiritual, yes. the, the, an awareness of spirituality. So they walk, They talk about walking in two worlds. They walk yes. on the earth world, but they also work, walk with their ancestors and the wisdom of their ancestors. So that's another very deep layer yes. of the, the recognition that this is normal yes. to actually have our ancestors or our and higher deep self belief in, and deep belief in that. Yes. And they also help us in our leadership. So sometimes when we're pondering the big questions, yes. right, it's very common for Aboriginal Torres Strait Islanders to actually ask the higher self or the one yes. or answer whatever you want yes. to channel yes. to sit quietly, yes. which is very much their style. We're learning it now yes. with meditation yes. with and meditation. contemplation. Mm-hmm. We're relearning it, I think. I, I think, think we're relearning, we're relearning it. Yes. it. Um, but they didn't lose that. Yeah. So they understand the wisdom. It's not necessarily our wisdom, but all the answers are within. Yes. If we search deeply, yeah. Yeah. we'll get help. Yeah. So that's a very precious part of their culture um, to have that knowledge of the earth life and the higher level of, of spirit. Um, so Western cultures would 
relate that to God or, or, or whatever, but I, I wonder, I think that across the world there seems to be um, an acknowledgement that that higher universal spiritual level is not just one God. It might be multiple. Uh, I'll use gods for the for the because there's not one word. I like to refer to it as the universe. Do the Aboriginals just refer to it as uh, the afterlife or the? And how do they refer to it, Annette? Um, I couldn't answer definitively that, yeah. that question. Yeah. Because same as any culture, there are different. There yes. would be different opinions on that. Okay. From different um, areas in Australia, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I feel I couldn't speak for my Aboriginal colleagues and friends. Yeah. Um, but mostly the 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 two would say, I think that God, the depiction of God in the human, we gave him a body and yes. gave him, we personified yes. God. Yes, we personified God. God. Yes. To help us to understand. God. Yes. But my my understanding. Yes, is that Aboriginal peoples, Torres Strait Islanders, and ourselves. Yes, if if we have this mode of thinking, many people think this way. I believe now. Yes, or have thought this way and yes. continue to think this way. They think of God as not as one man. Yes, but as an energy source. Yes, a pure essence, yes. omni beneficence, omnipotence, pure energy. Yes, which is pure love. Yes, unconditional love. love. Yes, um, and it's that source. That we can draw our greatest strength from. Yes. And it's accessible to all of us, no yes. matter what our particular cultures or creeds or, our or beliefs. particular religion. Yeah. So that yeah. that belief would fit and suit and sit across any religion across the world. That belief in a higher energy source. Yes. And for me, I, I have to agree with you, Annette. I, I, I like that that thought and those thinkings. Mm. So um, we're fast approaching our first break but um before we get on to talking about your book and i'm, I'm really wanting to get on to mm-hmm. talk about that um what do you think that your vision for the future is particularly around that conversation of spirituality um my the subtitle of my thesis yes was the dreaming australia Yes, and I suppose it echoed famous speeches like one of one of my heroes in my lifetime, um, 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 Martin Luther King, yes. Nelson Mandela. Yes, uh, people like that who, have, to me, were working from their higher self. Yes, in the way that they approached adversity and terrible trauma. Yes, yes. Mahatma Gandhi. Yes, it, it, we can all think of many people like that who yes. who have stood out um, and instead of working with the lowest common denominator in their leadership, yes. which is people's hatred or prejudice yes. or people taking their jobs or people yes. taking their money, yes. those kind of concepts which unfortunately across our leadership in many of our countries, yes. in our listeners' countries, yes. um, as we speak, they appeal to the lowest common denominator yes. of the people instead of appealing to their higher selves. And we're all capable of rising to that occasion if we have leadership which which honours us and yes. honours our potential. Yes. So my vision, uh, as I say, the, the, the second title to my book, like the subtitle, is yes. Dreaming a Yes. 
And the reason for that was that I do dream a vision of Australia. Yes. Um, which would be where, where we do have an egalitarian system. Yes. Where people, it's it's not um, one which is, it's a democracy which is true to the original demos yes. of the people. Yes. Where people had a voice. Yes. And some people didn't have more of a voice because of their background. Absolutely. And their, um, how much money, their pecuniary um, yes. basis. Yes. Their financial status. Yes. Or indeed their other status. Yes. So, so it might sound a bit out there, but I do believe that that utopia is we're capable of. Yes. As we as we learn to live by our spirit. Yes. Yes. And go by our higher purpose in yes. life, not our lowest purpose in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really powerful concept for our listeners to try and get today. Is that all people should be equal, no matter what their status. Um, and playing across the world at the moment, we have a lot of rich white men in leadership roles. And I'm hoping, as I'm sure Annette does too, that that will change to be leaders, whether they're male or female, but spirit-led leaders who are in touch with that higher self, that higher level of, of thinking. Um, that would be amazing for humanity as a whole to grab onto that concept. So um, just before we go to the break, um, when we come back, um, we're going to be talking to Dr. Annette about her beautiful book, In Heaven and on Earth. And it's a wonderful story of the connection between the afterlife and the earth life. And so I hope you'll stay with us and listen as I talk to Dr. Annette about her beautiful memoir. But we're going to go to um, a break now with um, a few songs and some advertisements, and we'll be back after the break. Over to you, Rebel. Keeping the conversation going on the suppressed social and moral issues, this is Radio Tony. On W4WN. Join Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with your secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, Thursday evenings from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on W. Keep the conversation going. Direct resistance. Call Radio Tony. Hello. 561-623-9421 on W4WN Radio Guest Skype.
Radio Tony on W4WN, a platform for the unheard. And welcome back, everyone. Today on Radio Tony, I'm with the beautiful Dr. Annette Duffy, and I'd love to get on to talking about her recently published memoir, and it's called In Heaven on Earth. So, Annette, can you tell our listeners about your book? Certainly. I'll, um, I'll try and say a couple of things about it. Um, it's a memoir. It's, I've, I wrote it um, two years ago. Um, basically, after my husband died, nearly five years ago now, um, almost five years ago, when Brian died, it was a sudden death. He had a heart attack and never came home from work one day. I, I had been married for 39 years, just shy of our 40th wedding anniversary. Um, we had our ups and downs. Um, and um, many of them. However, there was a great love there. When Brian died, um, immediately after he died, I started to experience a lot of um, communication, um, not just in symbolic form, but um, I could not hear physically with a voice, but through my senses, hear Brian trying to contact me. And that took place for about six months, a lot of, of channeling that I was doing, and I wrote down everything. Sometimes it was in my sleep. Sometimes it was in meditation. Sometimes it would be when I'd be walking mm -hmm. um, in mm -hmm. the rainforest. So through different mediums, he was communicating with me. So I had this juxtaposition of profound grief. I was yes. grief-stricken. Yes, I got to know what that term meant. And at the same time, because he was, was he yeah. was a wonderful hum, husband and and father and partner, wasn't he? He and was. He had his flaws, like I do, like yes. we all do as humans. Yes. However, he was the the old way we used to say a good man. Yes, he a was a good, good man. Good man. Yeah, he was a good man. Yeah. And um, so the, the the enormity of that loss is part of the reason I wrote this book. Yes. It helped me with my grief yes. to actually write yes. and, and put some things down. But there are other reasons for the purpose of the book. I, my hope is that it does help, and I've had some some quite definite feedback from people who have yes. lost someone yes. who have said that the book has helped them. Definitely. In, in the, the process of grieving. Yes. Um, the second purpose of the book is really about... Um, trying to raise our individual and collective consciousness yes. because the exhilaration that came with, the rawness that came with the death, at the same time there was this huge, I, I'd always believed in a higher source, yes. God, yes. Um, however you want to, to uh, name that. Um, but to actually have it proven, so to speak, to in my yes. experience, yes. through the contact with my husband, uh, the contact through the veil, yes. the very thin veil into the yes. into the other worlds that are around us, is has been an amazing journey. Yeah, I didn't wish it upon myself. No, uh, no. I'd rather have them in you know yes. flesh and blood. Yes. However, this the reason for this book has been a higher determined purpose. Yes, because it's made it authentic. Yes, 
Yes, definitely. And now, different people will have different opinion yeah. on, opinions on that, and they're all valid. Uh, yeah. But this is my experience. Yes. So the book really is about my experience since Brian died and the things I've learned through communicating with him. Yes. And my higher self as well. Yes. I don't know where one often stops and yes. the other starts. Agreed. It, it's, um, I just try and yeah. hone my skills to get better at really, yeah. really listening. Yeah. In, in yeah. that process. Yeah. So, Evie, in answer to your question, um, Annette's husband, Brian, was obviously a very good man and very good to her and the kids. And James wants to know, is he an earthbound spirit? I know I've heard people using that term, terminology. Yeah. I don't really um, believe in that ter- that kind of no. differentiation. Yeah. Because I believe the heavens are, there are several heavens. They are not one is not more than the other. Yes. But there are there are levels at which we vibrate. Yes. Now, um, Einstein and and you know quantum physics and and I'm no scientist. Yes. Nor do I ever pretend to be. Yeah. But my understanding through yeah. Bruce Lipton's work and other yes. people's work, where they've tried to break it down for us, mm-hmm. is that everything in the world vibrates. The Earth is a Glowing, moving, vibrational, vibrational. Yes. Um, rocks of everything is vib- vibrating. So there is some. There are some people that believe that spirits are earthbound, meaning they're lesser spirits. Yeah. You know, like like fairies or yes, yes, you know, yes, people yes. have different beliefs there. Yes. Um. However, I don't. I don't. I believe that the human condition is different. The consciousness of the human is, is different. different. Yes. Um. We don't reincarnate as a, a lesser. Yes. You know, uh, when I say lesser, I'll try and be more articulate. <laughs> uh, um, not having the moral and other purposes that yes, humans have humans on this have. earth. Yes. Because we are spirit and human body for X amount of time. Yes. So I don't think, I think Brian is able to communicate with me. And love transgresses the realms. Yes. The realms of the vibrations into yes. other worlds. But I think that, that uh, human spirits can be earthbound and in one respect, which is that we are reincarnating. Yes. So I'm an earthbound spirit. Yes. And I will, I have reincarnated before and I will reincarnate again. Yes. That's my belief system. I hope that answers James' question. Yeah. Harper wants to know, how does this work? Um, That's a great question. <laughs> how does it work me communicating? Um, Harper, I'm hoping that you want to know how um, Brian communicates to Annette. So we'll answer that. And, and if you if we're answering your question, just let us know, Harper. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Harper wants to know how Brian communicates with you. Um, Harper, the, the the way that I have learned to get better, I've got better at it, but it's not, it's not um, perfect by any manner of means. I have tried to differentiate between my ego, which I think comes from my right-hand side, so when I have a thought, and it's only in the in the um, in my head. Yes. It's my rational side, which is my human brain. Yes. Um, um. Then, then I know it's my ego. I kind of know it's my ego talking. Yes. Right. But when I really try and listen from my heart, which is the left hand side. Yes. And when I feel that Brian moves the air around my cheek. Yes. To let me know, it's it's not a magic thing. It's just something that he does. He quite deliberately does to let me know he's around, and wants to communicate. So he moves the air around my left cheek, and I can feel the I can feel the hairs in the back of my 
my neck, if you like. Yes. And I'm, you might have heard people saying things like that. Yes. So I kind of know it's him, or I do know it's him. Yes. Because it's quite definitive. Yes. But the funny thing about that is that before Brian died, for a few years prior to that, yes. I was practicing trying to learn meditation yes. and trying to differentiate between the ego voice yes. and the heart voice because yes. your heart's much more intelligent than yes. the rational yeah. brain. Yes. Yes. Your whole body's much more intelligent than the rational brain. Um, and there's science and there's science to back that up. Yes. Um, so when he communicates with me, I used to do that when I was trying to meditate. Yeah. So he knew that before he died. So he used that mechanism ah. to let to validate. Yeah. That it yeah. was him. Yeah. That's pretty powerful stuff. Mm. I've actually got the hairs on my arm are standing up quite dramatically, as Annette can see, and I'll try and cut them down. So, yeah, Harper does want to know um, how we can communicate with those that have passed on. So, I, I, again, I, I think it's about listening with that heart or, or spirit yeah. voice. It's about being in a quiet place where you're you can hear that person or acknowledge um i know for some people that their loved ones talk to them via animals or, or butterflies i know i have a friend whose loved one passed on and and they will see blue butterflies when they're not meant to be around. Um, they're just out of the blue. There'll be a, a blue butterfly and she will know, aha, okay, that's that person. So I think, am I right in thinking that there's a number of different ways that, that you can communicate with that, that spirit world? It's about actually being open to that understanding and allowing yourself to to think in those terms, yeah? I think I agree with you. The main thing is about opening and not being afraid. Yes. I still work from fear a lot of the time. It's yes. a human condition. Yes. I try and keep it in check yes. and face it so that it doesn't have as much power over me. Yes. But I'm not afraid to communicate now. Yeah. And I wasn't ever really, but I know some people have that fear. I, I, I know people yeah. too have a very, very, very fearful of that thought yeah. of communication I think it's with... just the unknown yeah yeah but yeah to answer the harper's second part about the um the, the symbols yes. and so on yes i do believe that um that um people have passed on or, and well they're not passed on they've just passed yes. <laughs> into another their human, realm their yeah. human body is gone but okay. their spirit but remains still, yes so their consciousness is there and they have the same well this is interesting they have the same personality yeah so i thought naively that they would lose their personality but they don't because that's the, that's who their <laughs> spirit's it. essence yes, is yes. so they can use symbols yeah. and, and do use symbols my, yes. my understanding is yes. as well like often I, I will see parrots in the rainforest yeah, and there's yeah, a yeah. male parrot and a female parrot yeah, the, yeah. the red red is the male yes. and the green and they go together yeah, yeah, yeah. and sometimes when they come I know that he's let me know things are okay, okay. and there's other symbols that are used so I think that they can work with energy, any kind of energy, electricity, it's, it's light, the energy, isn't candle, it? fire, yes. earth, the elements. Yes. They can work through the elements more yeah. easily yeah. than, than yeah. maybe um, maybe more concrete man-made yes. things. Yes. But that doesn't mean they can't. They can communicate in any domain, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's if you want to open up to it. Yeah, and be, be open to 
to that communication, I guess. And listen with the ear of your heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually a very beautiful and comforting thought to know that the spirit um, remains even after the physical body has gone. And I know that your belief in that has been very helpful in that terrible grief-stricken state that you were in for, I think it was probably three years that you were in that grief-stricken state and and then you were able to to write the book and talk about um, some of the things that that Brian communicated with you. Um, Do you want to share some of those things with our listeners, some of the things that he specifically communicated to you? Um. I'll leave some of it to the book. Yes, I was just <laughs> going to say, don't spoil the book because the book is really good. Um, it, yes, I, I heard the term seven heavens. Yes. Seven heavens. You know, I'm in seventh heaven. Yes. I, I'd heard that all through my life. You hear yes. sayings yes. like that. But Brian has one of the things he's told me, which is quite profound, yes. is that there are seven realms, but yeah. they're not... Um, closed off they're fluid yes yes you know that they're fluid it's it's just different vibrations yeah so part of what spirit does yes and what individual spirits do yes what collectively spirits do is they come and have an earth experience to raise their own vibration ah. to raise the level of their vibration okay. because earth is life's life is yeah. life on earth yes is an an earth life learning journey yes. for spirit. Ah. So when spirit comes into the body for yes. X number of years, that's yes. a contract. Yes. Which yes. is explained yes. in a contract for X number of years yes. that we make with our higher selves. Yes. We come to this earth and other air and other other parallel lives, yes. but we'll not go into that one. Yeah, I've yeah. not got my head around <laughs> yeah, yeah. any it's of It's hard that. to understand, yeah. isn't it? Um, but if we, if we just stick to the earth bound spirits who yes. we are who yeah. we are then we have we have during our lifetime x number of learnings that maybe we've contracted yes. that we want to um have experiences to help us learn yeah. we're not here just to be happy no. we're here to experience learn. life and mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. and that's not always easy i think that we we're failing in our understanding of life if we think that life is meant to be easy. Life is meant to be a journey, and, and part of that journey is sometimes learning really hard lessons. Um, and uh, from my perspective, I agree with you. I think that many of us are on predetermined journeys, and there's certain lessons that we have to learn. And until we learn those specific lessons, we keep having them or experiencing them, but once they're learnt, they're learnt. Is that your understanding? Yes, um, part of my understanding, yes, would be that. And please know I'm not setting myself as any experts. No, no. It's great to have this conversation because in the conversing we try and better understand our position. Yes, But I think that... um, you know, that, that we have learnings to happen in this earth. Yes. They're not necessarily um, all good experiences. or No, no they're good experiences, but they, they might not be um, positive experiences mm. or easy mm. experiences. Mm. However, um, there may be challenges or obstacles yes. to, that are predetermined, the yes. big rocks, yes. and it might be a, just an encounter with a person. Yes. It could be 
the loss of a loved one. It yes. could be a whole range of yes. of, of um, factors that we set up in our lives mm -hmm. that are the big rocks that are predetermined. Mm -hmm. And those are to help us to actually face the, the some people call it karma. Yes. You know, yes. the things that we have still to learn. Yes. But we're given tools from the other side that we bring with us. I agree. So in the same way as Earth is a learning journey for spirit, when we go to the afterlife, we take with us the learnings from Earth. So mm -hmm. Earth is a learning, has taught spirit more mm -hmm. things to be able to raise its vibration. Higher. As higher. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So we help both spheres, if you like, or yes. realms. Yes. Earth realm and afterlife realm yeah. are learning journeys for spirit. Yeah, yeah, One yeah. complements the other. Yes. And that's yes. why we come to Earth. Because Earth's not an easy gig. No, it's not an easy gig, is it? I'm sure our listeners would agree. Earth is not an not easy gig. Not always an easy gig. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Nor, I suppose, should it meant to be. Now, something I wanted to ask you about, and, I don't, and this is a question that we haven't talked about, but I know that lots of people believe in fairies, goblins, and those mythical spiritual beings what are your thoughts around those things very unsure yeah but i kind of believe in it yeah i like kind of believe that the spirits are around for the, the forest and you yeah. know so i think there are um spiritual qualities of you know for example the rainforest where yes. i live yes and that there may be um a, in the old way the Greeks and Romans, I think, tried to put a name to it. You know, they'd have a god of the yes, sun, a god of, yes. god of the land, the god yes. of the sea, yes. and and so on. Yes. And I think that was because maybe some of the knowing yes. when, when they were naming them yes. is the same as what we are trying to do now. We're trying to name the 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 spirit the of essence. the essence, the uh -huh. spirit of Yes. of those things yes. that we think are stationary and don't have any they don't have feelings like humans I mm -hmm, don't believe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. however there may there may be our spirits looking after those particular areas oh, okay. the energy around those areas yeah. like yeah. sacred places like yes. like Uluru which yes. is yes sacred rock in the middle of Australia yeah. which used to be called Ayers Rock but yes. in Aboriginal languages it's Uluru, Uluru. Mm -hmm. so that's sacred ground like Machu Picchu yeah yeah I'm trying to think and, of and others there's many many others across the world there's an essence around yeah, yeah there's a real energy zone yes, around them yes there's, there's a, sacred vortexes I think yes yes mm. yes there, there's something very so maybe spirits special. are looking after them yeah yeah yes mm. yes yeah, and it's a palpable from a human experience you can feel the yeah, energy is different the energy is mm. different yes and um and going back to our conversation mm. earlier about aboriginal people they have sacred sites mm. uh, uluru is is one of those and they aren't sacred sites for no reason um if you visit those places as a non-Aboriginal, you can still feel and know the energy that surrounds that sacred space. And I'm sure for um, our American listeners, there would be sacred places for your Indian population, I'm sure. I, I, I must say that I haven't actually ever delved much into uh, the American Indian history or that I've done lots lots more on our own Aboriginal indigenous people and yes. their sacred spaces and their their ways of 
burial and, and culture because it's incredibly fascinating and wonderful to learn about those things. I think it's um, very helpful to understand the wonderful things about other cultures. It's very enriching for the human experience, don't you think, Annette? Um, entirely so. Yeah. yeah entirely yeah. so, Tony. Yeah. So... Um, I know that you've written the book and I know that you're going on a little bit of a promotional thing at the moment with the book. Um, in our next session, we will tell the readers where they can, can get the book and I will put up some contacts for you at the end of um, the show. But what do you see now as your journey? I know that you've got um, your four children are all here and the grandkids and yes. they're all relatively close to where you live now. What do you see the future holds for Dr. Annette Duffy? I have um, retired from my full-time job Yes, recently, uh, very recently, um, after 40 years Yeah, um, in the educational field. I would like to go into a different kind of education. Yes. Um. I think that um, moving to the rainforest, which has that sacred energy, yes, um, higher energy, then yes. it's amazing. You you just feel it when you get there. Yeah. Um, where I where I'm fortunate enough to live, yeah, I think that might have been one of the big rocks. Yes. That I ended up there. Yes. In that place for a purpose. Yeah. And even although it's enormous to think of it, I think it's meant to be a place for peace and reconciliation a retreat of a healing. retreat of healing mm -hmm. um that it's not um it's it doesn't belong to me in many respects we're only here for a period of time yes uh, but maybe i should be sharing it mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. i should be sharing that sacred space with people who would come to learn spiritual practices yes and specifically i mean i would be thinking of yoga meditation yes, yes. because yoga is not just about the movement no. the asanas it's about moving your body to yes. be able to allow yourself to sit quietly so that you can communicate with the higher self yeah yeah so it'd be a place where maybe also some academic work yes I mean not I'm, I'm not talking in the purest vein yeah yeah but i'm yeah. talking about learning yeah i'm talking about reading and discussing things yes and um those kind of practices where we interact with each other and talk and get and our learn. heads and we mm -hmm. learn from each other mm -hmm. um so those kind of varied practices that i want to set up in the center yes and i'm working towards that yeah so that i use the place the place is a place of happiness yes but a place of deep learning too yes yes um where we help each other yeah through experiential learning yeah because i think it's i think we can't just stay in the theory and the academic vein no we can't just stay in the practical mm -hmm. vein where those two merge the theory and the practice yes is of where one complements the other yes where we really learn as human beings yes. i think yes yes and i i'm so excited to hear that for for you like and i i think that there is a groundswell of wise women rising up across the world who whose sole purpose is to teach and educate people about the higher levels as humanity understanding fully those higher principles of, of, of love um, and I'm really excited 
to hear that that is part of your your future. Um, I certainly will be watching on to see what um, what happens in that space for you. So um, you have one daughter at home with you currently, Annette, and the rest are, are close. So family is all close by. If where I live, there are two um, oh. houses on the property. Yes. So my daughter's Claire. She she lives in one yes. of the houses. Yes. And um, my three sons are round about the Gold Coast. Yes. And my three grandsons. Yes. Around yes. about the Gold Coast yes. and their partners yeah. and loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate. That yeah. Way. Yeah, that's good. the The world is a better place with our grandbabies in it. <laughs> I have to be very biased when I say that. Um, I think I might have mentioned to you all that briefly. Um, I had my daughter and our wee grandson home for a little while whilst they were in between accommodation, and I didn't realise after such a short time being with us how much I would miss his physical presence in our lives. Uh, grandbabies are the the blessing you get for having raised wonderful children, and um, they're they're really beautiful. So. Um, just before we go to the break, I'm wondering if you can quickly tell us about the Corumban Valley because that's where Annette lives and it's a very special. So I live in the Talabudra Valley. So the Corumban Valley is the next valley over and they're both very spiritual valleys with lots of healers um, and spiritual people, creatives living in both valleys. So just tell us briefly a little bit about your little valley. Going back to your question a minute ago, Tony, yeah. about um, the purpose of the rainforest. Yes. I was thinking, and I have been thinking, there comes a flow, a flow, a flow of energy. Yes. Can come when, well, some people say the universe. Yes. Things, the universe brings things together for you. Yeah. So I'm being serious. Yes. So having met you, <laughs> and right. Yes, and, and no yes, lesser. Yes, but yes. having met you, Tony, having met um, healers that I know out in the valley. Yes, and uh, there would be people who uh, perform physical healing, like um, Reiki. Yes, like um, um, a massage. Yes, um, um, and uh, kinesiology. All yes, of those yes. kind of um, very special. That are now being ex um, mm -hmm. a. a acupuncture and so yes. on you know the energy flow yes. they're working with energy yes. all the time so they're working with the uh, the body's ability the mind's ability the heart's ability to heal itself yes so so they're not doing things to you it's a different very different philosophy absolutely from a doctor fixing you yes and i know doctors have moved medical doctors have moved a long way since yes. that concept and and to add to that too often it's about the combination of known medical science yes and the very valuable energy work that can yeah. bring about true healing in people's lives yes um totally and yeah and it's positive thinking as well yes i'm not being naive i hope saying that because no you i'm know, there's, i'm there's, an incredibly positive person and i'm believe very deeply that positive energy brings about enormous change in people's life yes yeah and, and so in the not too distant past yeah these healers yeah um were boohooed yes they were um, to put it colloquially yes but nowadays they're accepted they're even yes. you know in your um your uh, healthcare fund yes um, um but more than that there's a, a merging of east and west 
I agree. So the Eastern philosophies of, of you know, architecture and, and soil and power together. have come together with the Western. Yes. Western is valid too. Absolutely. And we need to merge them. Correct. And be able to use all of that energy. To heal our bodies. To, to heal our bodies yeah. and souls. Yeah. So, we're, guys, we're going to just quickly pop on to another break. And after the um, this break, we'll come back and have another, another chat to Dr. Annette. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony. Oh. On W4WN, a platform for the unheard. Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty is the new book from Australian author Tony Londis. Available in paper, ebook, and audiobook formats, Resilience is the true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues, and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Exposing moral issues you may have dealt with too. Read how hope and happiness triumph in her life. Available at Amazon.com and all good online retailers. Radio Tony on W4WN. Your safe space for tough conversations.
Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. And welcome back, everyone. Today on Radio Tony, we've been talking with the lovely Dr. Annette Duffy about all things spiritual and her communication with her past husband. So before we went to the break, we were talking about um, Annette's dreams for the future, and that includes um, a a retreat of some description um, in the Currumbin Valley, which is on the border of Queensland and New South Wales in Australia. Um, on in the rainforest and the beauty and the energy of that place. So um, one of the questions I had down to ask Annette was around the uh, philosophy um, about free will and determination. And I just wondered quickly if you could explain what you mean by that, Annette. I, th- I think it's one of the big deep questions that we have as humans in our lifetime, you know, about our purpose and airs. And it's been a, you know, it's like the chicken and the egg uh, question as well. You know, what comes first? Yes. Some people would um, move towards free will that we are, that while we are on earth. Yes. In the human body, that the spirit has total free will. Yes. I would, and, and some people would be at the opposite end of the spectrum. Yes. You know, that um, everything's determined. Your fate is, your your life journey is your fate. You can't do anything about it. All of those things happen to you. Yes. And it sometimes has negative connotations. Yes, yes, yes. I hope I'm not sitting on the fence saying that I sit in the middle about this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by that, I mean that I do believe that some things are predetermined. Yes. Before we come to Earth. Yeah. uh, To have the life experience. Yes, yes. And those, I call them the big rocks, but I don't mean they're particularly mammoth in terms of the enormity in your life. Yes. They can be small things. Yes. But it's how you experience them and how you learn from them or don't learn from them. Yeah. Um, but they're set. Yes. It might be your partner. Yes. It might be your parent. Yes. Your, your child. Yes. We learn from you know different yeah. people in our lives. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a person or an event or a happening. Yeah. Or circumstance, the family you're born into. Yes. The, yes. the old saying used to be, you can choose your 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 friends, but you can't, can't choose, choose your, your family. family. Yeah. I actually think we do choose our family. Yeah. Our yeah. blood family. Our yes. human family. Yes. Um, which is different from our soul family mm-hmm. um, or may be different from our soul family. Yeah. So what I mean is I sit in the middle with that when I do think I've come to believe this now over the yeah. last few years. Yeah. That we have big rocks that we're meant to learn from. Yeah. Positive and negative experiences perhaps. Yes. Um, but just how we come out of them the other side yeah. and, and our growth, personal yes. growth. Yes. And that, but in among that we have free will. Yes. And yes. and that could be to ignore those learning circumstances yes. or to use them. Yeah. So we do have smatterings, not yes. smatterings, great smatterings of free will too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To choose. Yeah, I, I think I, I really do agree with you. I think that there's there's certain journeys or certain roadblocks that we have in our human experience that are really important and that, we need to experience um and for some people they don't actually come out the other side do they for for some people the death 
of a loved one is defining in that it completely sticks them to one place in time, doesn't it? Um, and that they never recover from that loss, whereas other people learn and grow through having experienced that loss. Um, and that's an important part of human experience, isn't it? Um, whereas uh, from the traditional Christian standpoint, you come to earth, you live, you die, you go to heaven or hell. So this is a question I haven't, haven't. what do you think about the concept of hell? Um, I, I have come to believe there is no such place, thing happening, because I cannot reconcile that type of thinking with the... Unconditional love. Yeah, with the unconditional love of the universe. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't think that's a naive position. No. It, it's, it's, I don't believe it's a naive position because it's, it's not naive in the respect that the people that I speak to and with whom I communicate um, in my life, they have come to that position, a yes. lot of people that I respect greatly. Yes. Yes. Who, whom I, I deem as wise people. Yes. And they don't get caught in the in the negativity of hell. Yes. Uh, that and whole it, concept. It is I think negativity. that was used to control us. I was just going to say, I, I'm just the thought immediately mm -hmm. popped into my head that the whole concept of hell was used to control people to behave in a certain way yes. under threat of dying to hell. Mm hmm and I'm with you, the unconditional love that you experience would say that that's not true. Yeah. I think that, that is, you, the concept of hell is actually working with people's fear. Yes. Which is one of the debilitating emotions that we have on this earth. Yes. Like guilt. I don't mean we shouldn't experience them. No, guilt. Guilt, fear, you know, th those things can help us pull our behaviour. Guilt can be adaptive, so yeah. it, it, guilt may cause us to do the right thing. Yes. Whereas shame, mm. it, and it's that whole conversation about guilt versus shame, guilt can help you to change behaviour, whereas shame is maladaptive and linked to depression and suicide and, 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 and yeah. everything bad. A deep shame about something is a very bad thing, yeah. whereas guilt about something can be helpful and help you adapt your behaviour. So, yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting to have that discussion around heaven versus hell and um, the concept of, of hell and the how easy it is to blame all evil on the devil, mm -hmm. whereas if we have re free will, then it's human choice, isn't it, Annette? It, it certainly is. I mean, we, we, we can, just as we earlier on in our conversation, we look to the the gurus of our life, yes. and, you know, are the people we looked up, to, look up to, Jesus Christ, Mahatma Gandhi, all of all of those. Yes. And I put Jesus Christ in a different a category as well. Yes. However, for all that, to live a life of fear, yes. fear can make us um, pull in some behaviours that could be dangerous. Correct. And um, dangerous to ourselves or other human beings. Yes. So that's all right but not in huge amounts. No. 
we don't want to make all of our decisions from a place of fear. Correct. And I also don't think that, I think that in the heavens, they don't work from binaries. You know, that to understand white, you need to understand black. To understand good, you need to understand bad. Yeah. That's a human condition. Yes. And I don't believe that it, that in the other realms that that binary Plays works, that, mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. have to, ha- to, in order to have heaven, you've got to have hell. I do not believe that. Because yeah. I think that even although I don't fully understand how yes. it works in the heavens, but I do believe that it's it's a, a place of infinite wisdom, and beauty, joy, and joy, love, love mm. peace. Yes. And it doesn't have to have an opposite to be that. I agree. I in agree. Fact, that's why they let us bring some of those things with us when we come to yes, earth to help yes. us. Because it should be an endless and ongoing circular so, yeah. energy. It's not opposites. It's not opposites. Mm. That's wonderful, actually, mm. To, mm. To, to think that that's clarified it in my mind when I I think about those things and I've been having these conversations in my head for a little while now listeners about um, because I grew up with that Christian and church teaching learning and education where uh, there's black and white good evil uh, wrong right I've struggled because I've started questioning some of the um the basics particularly around the bible so number one the bible is written by men and men only Mm. number two the bible of the current day is a collection of books and it's not a complete collection because there are missing books so if you're looking to that book as a um guidance for your life uh, it's not a complete guidance for your life. Mm. Um, so I've been having some of those conversations in my head in, in recent years and it's good to have um, a doctor of philosophy to, to bounce some of those ideas off and to think about uh, some of the other cultures and how they view these things. So from an Aboriginal culture do they believe in heaven and a hell? What's their belief structure? I can't, I, again, yeah. I wouldn't like to speak, you know, yeah, yeah, definitively yeah, yeah. for them. But um, I, I think I, I, I think it's a human condition to believe in good and bad. Yes. Right? And, and right and wrong. Um, I think, as you said, with, I'm not sure of my position in the Bible, Um there are different versions of the Bible, yeah, of course, according yeah. to different religions. Yeah, I think it's a very natural and normal thing for the for humans to to have put in as is our um, ancient history yes. to try and write down what in whatever language we've got, yeah. whether that's a written mode or, or an oral yeah, mode, yeah. Um, or a story mode, or a, a, a yeah. you know a creative other creative ways. Yeah, those those vehicles allow us to express ourselves. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of wisdom in the Bible. Just like I don't know other holy books. Yeah, but there are many holy books. Yeah, um, Sanskrit and so on that different traditions and religions have used to yes. put the wisdom down. Yeah, and there's and there's so much good in the Bible. Yes, yes, I agree. The New Testament. I agree. Of ways to live your life and the beautiful stories. Yes. Um, that help the the allegories that help us understand. Yes. The essence of the message of Jesus. Yes. 
um, and others, but yes. particularly the New Testament, that story of Jesus' power yes. and his um, poverty yes. and his human condition yes. is in, its, in itself the story of humankind. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't mean that's the only story, but that story of how he lived his life, yes. short life, and 2,000 years later, people are still following, following his message. Following that life, yes. But his message get mis missed yes. or misrepresented yes. by some people who tried to paint him into a hierarchical structure. Yes. That 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 Doesn't is not work. that would I don't believe that the Jesus that I know that yes. many people know would have wanted to have himself his the, his legacy in some respects, yeah. not the community level of church. No, no, yeah. But the hierarchical level. Yes. That that's not what he was that's about. Agreed. That was not agreed. his message. In fact, it's an anathema to his message yeah. of love and egalitarianism yeah. and forgiveness and, and forgiveness. compassion. Yes. And all of those things. Yeah. So those those components of the Bible are, are still wonderful things to help us guide help us. us and guide mm -hmm. us and mm -hmm. teach us and help us to help us to be better humans. Yes. And and I think that anything that helps us be better humans, particularly in the age that we're living in now, um, is a good thing. Definitely a I good thing. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what else have I got on my little list of things here? Um, we've talked about your philosophy and your plans for the future. I'm just wondering if there's any other questions from our um, listeners because I've got a couple of good news stories after we come back from the back break. So we might just um, pop on to a quick break and I'll come back briefly with a good news story and tell you about next week. Um, and over to you, Rebel. Owen. Assistance. Call Radio Tony. Hello. 561 623 9421 on W4WN Radio Guest Skype. Join Tony Londis, author of Resilience Memoir of a Broken Little Girl, discovering a woman of strength and beauty on the Women for Women Network. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Radio Tony is your safe space for these tough conversations. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia, Thursday evenings from 7pm Eastern Standard Time on W4WN. Radio Tony, bringing social consciousness this time every Thursday evening, live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Jesus. 
so weary when troubles come and my heart burden be then i am still and wait here in the silence until you come and see the while with me Tony, difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Welcome back to Radio Tony. Today we've been with the beautiful Dr. Annette Duffy talking all things in heaven on earth, which is her new book. I've popped her details into the chat box for those of you who are interested in getting in contact or purchasing her beautiful book. 
I'd like to take the opportunity to thank Dr. Annette for coming live into my studio today and being here and answering all the questions that we had for her today. Um, next week, I'll be talking with um, a wonderful gentleman from the US about mental health. Um, so I'd love you all to tune in. But before I finish for the day, I'd really like to read you a couple of good news stories. So out of the US uh, this week, Lady Gaga has announced that she is funding dozens of classroom projects in US cities that have recently fallen victim to mass shootings. The pop star and Oscar winner actress made a Facebook post earlier this week stating that she and her Born This Way Foundation will be partnering with Donors Choice to fund the educational needs of students in El Paso, Texas, Dayton, Ohio and Gilroy, California. In total, Lady Gaga is funding the projects and resources for 162 classrooms in these cities. The musician also used her Facebook post as a means of encouraging the victims of the shootings and expressing her condolences to those affected. She said, my heart goes out to those who were taken from us too soon and to their families, loved ones and communities who are left to grieve, wrote Gaga. Everyone has the right to laws that make them feel safe in their communities. In this moment, I want to channel my confusion, frustration and fury into hope. Hope that there hope that we are there for each other and for ourselves. Surviving and recovering from these tragedies also means priority prioritizing your mental health and checking in on your loved ones, she continued. If you're struggling, please be brave and tell a trusted someone. Don't be scared to ask for help, I beg you. If you see a loved one struggling, please pre please be brave and reach out. Remind them that it's okay not to be okay and to listen to them. If you'd like to join Lady Gaga and the Donors' Choice in financing the educational needs of the communities affected by these mass shootings, you can visit the non-profit's online fundraising campaign. And finally, a beautiful story out of Australia where it's not just birds of feather that flock together. Scientists in Australia have discovered that fish also sing together at dusk and dawn, just as birds do. Actually, singing might be a little push um, of, of it. They make intentional sounds by using parts of their anatomy, like using their teeth to make clicking sounds, while some use their swim bladder to push air out through their mouth and to create an identifiable audio pattern. The fish make these distinct patterns of communication are called soloist fish. And when these noisy specimens come together in the same location, their sounds overlap to create a chorus. So that's my good news for the week on Radio Tony. I've had a ball with you, the listeners, this week, and I'd love to hear from you. So don't forget, you can always email me with your questions, answers, uh, suggestions, or just reach out and say hi. I very much appreciate you listening each week, and I hope that I can continue to bring you guests of interest. That's it for me this week. 
Um, lots of love. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations. Exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom.